Hello, Fast Family, and welcome to Quarter Mile at a Time, a Fast and Furious podcast. The only podcast where we don't race the quarter mile here, we race the Cuban mile. I'm Nick Lathan. And I'm Rip Camalucci. We're talking this episode about Fate of the Furious, and um, this one, I'm going to be honest with you, middle of the road for me. Really? Yes. Every time I watch this movie, and this is going to be a weird word to use when talking about a fast film, mm-hmm. it charms the pants off me. It's it's got a lot of awesome, got a lot of great moments. I'm gonna tell you what what I don't like about it. I hate. First of all, hate of the furious. Hate hate, the, hate in the furious. I'm gonna hate of the furious. Um, first of all. Which this is something we could never, we 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 can't correct was that we don't have Brian, and then second Dom is separated from everybody else. Yes, those are the main um, two reasons I am not a fan of this. I'm not as fan as I could have been. So that's definitely something on this last viewing that struck me as something that I was conflicted about because mm-hmm. um, I've always been a fan of separating Dom in this movie to force other dynamics uh, to happen uh, within, within the family. Yeah. Um, But it is, it is frustrating seeing him just, just on his own, not, not with everybody else, especially like him and Letty just got all their shit back together and all that stuff. And it's just weird, man. I think that's what, what it is. It's just weird. I don't like Dom alone. I, but that's, that's the thing though, is I, at the same time, I absolutely fucking love villain Dom. And I honestly, something I actually wrote down here, something I wish, uh, I, they could have done is I wish they could have strung along, uh, the reveal that he's being forced into doing Cypher's bidding. Mm -hmm. Um, to just have you believe and, and build up that anxiety as to why Dom is doing this. Yeah. You know, like they kind of, they kind of give that away pretty quickly, which as a viewer, it's, it's, it's nice to at least kind of just like know why. And you don't have to like fucking rack your brain. It's like, why is he? What? Why? Plus that also brings in Cypher a little earlier and all this stuff, which I mean, I'm so glad like Charlie's Theron is not just like, a one-off in yeah. this movie as a villain, but like, I'm so glad that she's just being brought into the fold, uh, into this whole, whole universe. Um, cause like what a fucking flex, what a fucking flex this movie does to not just bring in Charlize Theron, but Helen Mirren as well. Like what the shit, man? Uh, H- Helen Mirren. I'm so glad that, uh, she's in this movie and I'm glad they brought her back for Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. And I hope they bring her back uh, for every other fast film. I hope she becomes the new leader. Like, she has her own crew. Yeah. <laughs> I would love that. I love Helen Mirren. Uh, uh, her character did kind of confuse me, though. And, like, we get, um, I, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Because um, as, as much as I do kind of want to, like, rein in our, our uh, episode length from mm-hmm. Furious 7. Um, uh <laughs> I, I do have a lot of notes, uh, so let's go ahead and uh, go over uh, just some of the 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 stats of uh, what what are the specs on this movie? 
Um, well, I don't have everything. I have the box office stuff up at the moment. So it opened up April 14th, 2017. Number one at the box office for two weeks. Hell yeah. And let me look at that real quick. Number one. This is the first week. I'm not doing the second week. Number one, Fate of the Furious. Number two, fan favorite, The Boss Baby. Number three, Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> Number four, Smurfs. Hold on. Hold on. What was three? I missed it. Uh, Beauty and the Beast. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Number four was Smurfs, The Lost Village, which I didn't even know that was a movie. Uh, Number five, Going in Style. Isn't that that movie with uh, Morgan Freeman and De Niro? Aren't they in that movie together? Yeah. I mean, just from the title of it, it sounds like one of those, like, uh, uh, ensemble old guy casts just doing one last activity together. Like an old Old guy heist. Or whatever. I feel like Michael Douglas is in that movie as well. Uh, Number six, Gifted. Number seven, Get Out. Number eight, Power Rangers. Number nine, The Case for Christ. And number ten, Kong Skull Island. I'm sorry. The case for the case for Christ. I guess I guess Jesus was in a court case. Uh, and uh, let's see what that movie's about. Or you know, we don't have to. We're going to. Um, <clears throat> it was uh, dethroned by Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, which means, listener, Kurt Russell was number one in the box office for four weeks in a row. Not just Kurt Russell. Who else was in? Oh, Vin, Vin Diesel. Diesel. Kurt Russell. That's, I mean, that's you who know. I really care about. I like you, Vin. But come on. Groot. I'm just kidding. I love Groot. We talked about this, and I did a pie chart. Have we posted the pie chart yet? I don't think I have. I don't think you have. Uh, I made a pie chart of Vin Diesel's... Uh, characters. Characters. And... Let's talk about this pie chart. So, I'm obviously going to post it on the Instagram, but like, uh, 28% of his roles is dedicated to Dominic Toretto. And that is like video games, movies, and the ride. Uh, 18% is Richard B. Riddick, and that is also video games, movies, and there's no ride unless you turn the dot, just turn the lights off. That's a ride in itself. 14% is dedicated to the Groot. And then you got 4% is Xander Cage. And then 6% is Calder from The Last Witch Hunter, which he played that in a movie. And then, like, I guess he did some other stuff as that character. I don't know. This is according to IODB. And then 30% was Utter. So my man loves coming back for roles. 28% is Dominic Toretto. That's crazy. I would have put money on it being higher, to be perfectly honest. I I, I was not surprised that it was not higher. <laughs> What's the case for Christ? A journalist. Okay, that's it. That's, it's about right. a journalist. Uh, so, Fate of the Furious. It's a 67% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is, uh, to in my estimation, uh, grossly underrated. Yeah, I, I, have, I have more of these stats. Um, budget was 250, $250 million. It made $1.2 billion. Hell yeah. Point three billion less than Furious Seven. <clears throat> you know. Yes. It's hard it's it's hard to overcome perfection. <laughs> it really is. Sixty seven on Rotten Tomatoes, six point seven on IMDB, and then 
five uh, fifty six on Metacritic. So I agree with these numbers. I agree with these numbers. A six point seven is a good number for this movie. <clears throat> I I disagree, but I guess I get it. Look, man, this okay. In my opinion, this movie starts out. This is like the hottest start. The beginning yeah. of this movie is amazing. Literally, it's the hottest start to any fast film. Yeah. <clears throat> There's a car on fire, and it wins a race. The, uh, like, get, get the fuck out of here, man. That car belongs in the trash, bro. I, uh, yeah. Tom's cousin. What's his cousin's name? Fernando Toretto. Fernando Toretto. And, uh... Could this be Tony's brother? Or is it another another did the Dom's it, dad it, have another sibling? It might be, you know, another side of the family, even, honestly. Toretto? Well, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh forget I said that. I'm assuming um, uh I'm assuming Dom's dad had eight brothers and sisters. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, so the 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 family tree. You know, widens and 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 casts a shadow over all of us. <laughs> oh yeah, the timeline. Sorry. Oh, do you want to go over the timeline? No, now? we'll do it later. I just thought about it. We're gonna talk about it later, everybody. Don't up. worry. We're finally gonna get down to this because Rich sent me the timeline. I didn't know that was out there. Yeah, we've and especially it's been a, a, a topic over and over again of discussion, uh-huh. and this being the last. In the main timeline of the films until F9 is released, I feel like it's an appropriate time to go over it. But until then, uh, I talked about the family tree casting a shadow. Yes. Talk about foreshadowing uh, with, you know, having kids and shit like that. We uh, see uh, Hobbs uh, hyping up his daughter's soccer team with a, a traditional haka, which, uh, boy, I'm just a fucking so- I'm a sucker for a haka. Yeah, I wrote, what did I write down? Uh, most intimidating girls soccer team ever. <clears throat> Hell yeah, run them off the pitch, fam. Oh, man. So, yeah, that uh, I want to talk about that race. Very dope. That's probably my... Very dope. F- they, they actually shot in Cuba, which is not a thing that happens. Only two people have shot in Cuba, uh, Fate of the Furious and Conan O'Brien. Yep. <laughs> That uh, but yeah, that is probably my favorite race in the franchise. This one. Well, and I also just love that after a stretch where like they just kind of like hand wave the races and and you know you kind of get a little bit here and there or whatever. Like they dedicated so much, not just the opening of the movie, but like time and effort and creativity into what the race was. And again, we had some classic race, uh, Fast Furious race tropes with uh, racing backwards as well. Yes. And which, t- 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 uh, on that note, I wrote, uh, I got a bad desire. Whoa, whoa, whoa. My car is on fire. For all you Springsteen fans out there. <laughs> <clears throat> now, now that Vin has a. a an illustrious recording career as a, as a, a, a musical artist. Do you think we can get him to do an album of Springsteen covers? Um, I, oh, I was going to say, was, or, or, are we going to Weird Al, I'm on Fire by Springsteen, and um, have Vin Diesel sing it? Because that'd be dope. Whoa, 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 car's on fire. 
Uh, I uh, I have a note about feel like let's get Tygo on the phone. We we'll get Tygo to, to produce it. I actually have a note later in the movie about uh, feels like I do. So um, I don't know if we should talk about the song now or wait. I mean, it kind of sounds like a bonus episode to me. Um, Honestly, I'm going to put this out there. This is a challenge to Bill Buds, uh, the Johnny O'Mara JPC pop music podcast. Have us on there, you cowards, to talk about Feel Like I Do. Yeah. Vin Diesel. And, and we're going to have to let you know that we mentioned you in this episode so you can listen to this episode <laughs> <laughs> to listen to our challenge. We'll, we'll give you the timestamps. It's fine. <laughs> <clears throat> Oh man. But yeah, that first race was pretty dope. And um I'm trying to think. Oh yeah, after that we of course uh this is Diamond Letty's honeymoon. And where are they staying? You guessed it, a room with flowy ass curtains. Uh, uh full full complete with mosquito nets <laughs> and the bedside candles. That was something I'd never noticed until you pointed it out last episode, and that I, it stuck with me. Yeah, I didn't notice it until we started watching these movies for the podcast. Like, <laughs> wait, hold on a second. Something about this seems familiar. My, my, my dude just loves being in a meatloaf music video. That's all it is. <laughs> and I would do anything for love. That's it. We need to see the cover. He, he, like, you know how Metallica had Garage Inc.? We need to have Vin Diesel's version of Garage Inc. It's just him doing covers. Look, if Vin Diesel becomes the, the next William Shatner, I think we're all better for it. Yes. Those damn flowy curtains. That's what I wrote. And after this, he meets Cypher. Yep. And I was surprised. She, she said, uh, she said something about fate. And I'm so bad. I love it when people say the title of the movie in the movie. And I was like, come on. You know you want to say Fate of the Furious. She takes off those big sunglasses of the Furious. <laughs> oh, man. There was, a, there was a good shot of a loaf of Cuban bread as well that Dom was coming back with. <sighs> man. Like, Cuban bread, that's a top five bread right there. <laughs> There was one time in which I was at I was at Publix recently, buying uh, French bread and celery, and like they were both they were all sticking out of the bag, and I was like, "What am I in a fucking movie?" <laughs> what a what a what a clip art ass bag of groceries you had. Yeah, I was just like looking at it like, "Damn!" I mean, I guess I'm gonna like something's gonna happen on the way home because this is a fucking movie we're in. Like I'm gonna like this milk this this bag's gonna get shot and milk's gonna be come pouring out of it. <laughs> Anything that can happen to a grocery bag will happen if that is how you uh, how you are carrying it. There's uh there's an Isaac Hayes movie called Truck Turner in which uh, he is carrying milk at certain parts in the movie and he gets shot at every time and milk comes shooting out. Every time, go like great. if there's milk in a scene, it's a bullet's going in it. That's all I gotta say. Oh man. Uh, but yeah. So at the soccer game. Uh, so yeah. What happens with with Dom and Cipher? Then you see Dom fucking tinkering away. Yeah. Uh, at his uh necklace, 
which should have been a, a kind of a dead giveaway uh, for what's going to happen later. Yes. But, you, but the movie does a pretty good job of like making you just kind of forget that that ever happened. I forgot it happened too. Yeah. And I watched it. Yeah. I was like, oh. Um, but yeah. So then Hobbs gets the 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 rude call during the soccer game um, that they got a job they got to do in Germany, Kiki. Berlin. Berlin, kick you right in the yep. Tay-Tay. Um, and then, yep. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> then that's when Dom uh, hits him with the double cross. I like that they uh, they literally skipped to the chase. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we don't see any of the actual job that they did. All we know is that they're leaving with the EMP. Yeah, that was great. I love that part. Great. Absolutely. You drop us right in the middle of it. Um, and then there's. I, I, I want to say. I want to say this. This movie was uh, uh, directed by F. Gary Gray, mm-hmm. uh, and I think he did a, an absolutely fantastic job uh, directing this movie. Oh yeah, F. Gary Gray is a underrated director in my opinion. Incredibly, I love F. Gary Gray. Yeah, like it, he's done so many dope movies for decades now. Yeah, I'm just saying he doesn't get the credit he deserves. No, uh, Friday. Um, he did uh, 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 Straight Outta Compton. Yeah, he did The Equalizer um, recently. Yeah, yeah. He's done, yeah, love him. God, very good. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, uh, they're getting away from the, the job. Uh, Don pulls the double cross. Oh, yeah, the Italian uh, job. I forgot he directed that, sorry. The what? He oh, directed yeah, the, Italian the Italian job. job. Which, there's then a, a reference to the Italian job in Hobbs and Shaw, which kind of... Ties that movie into the Fast universe. Yeah. So technically, this is the second Fast Fast movie F. Gary Gray's directed. Oh my God. Uh, I'm sorry. He also directed The Man Apart with Vin Diesel. I'm just looking at his IMDb. Law Abiding Citizen. That movie's underrated too. Hmm. With uh, that's the one with Samuel L. Jackson, right? That's Jamie Fox and Gerard Butler. No, the Negotiator. That's the one he directed with Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, okay. Got it. Um, Gerard Butler. That's an interesting career. That's for another podcast. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so we hit the double cross, and as was established, if this does, if this job goes sideways, uh, Hobbs is going to jail. So we're right outside the jail, and we meet uh, fucking uh, uh, what's his face, little little nobody. But more importantly, uh, Kurt Russell. But Kurt Russell uh, makes his way into the picture, which is always a welcome sight. Uh, not a welcome sight. Uh, Scott Eastwood as little nobody. Uh, as many times as I've watched this movie, I've like given him the benefit of the doubt. And then this was just the last time where I'm just like, nope, nope, he sucks. And it's not even because like, because I, I, I feel like they do a decent job not pushing him as like a a um, <clears throat> a Paul Walker replacement. Yeah. Uh, but he's just. Not good. Um, I don't like the character. I don't have nothing against Scott Eastwood. Um, other I stuff don't. I've seen him in, he's been great, but uh, I just don't like that character. I don't like the character, and I and honestly, I don't like the performance either. Um, uh, we also uh, uh, find out where. Hold on. Yeah, so he goes to prison. Uh, they apparently, I guess, uh, uh, Deckard Shaw has uh, been exhibiting 
exemplary behavior because <laughs> his his uh, domicile went from what was it like thirty eight feet of uh, steel and concrete to yeah. just like you know a regular cell as, as everyone else has in this max security prison. Yeah, something I want to. I watched, uh, it bothered me watching the movie, and I'm going to bring it up now. Uh, whenever Dom steals the EMP bomb from Hobbs, Hobbs is not as mad as he should be. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't feel like, it's not devastating. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, he's just like, come on, dude. So there's, there's probably like a few reasons for that. Yeah. Uh, one. Like at the end of the day, he pro- Hobbs probably has it in the back of the, of his head that they did start out as criminals, and if I ever do get double crossed, don't be surprised. Yeah, okay. Or I get it. two, uh, like he he probably has to think to himself like he he probably has a good reason for this, and I'm kind of gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Because it's not like the whole team screwed me. It's true. It's just Dom. Yeah. That is true. All right. Now, let's talk about the best part of the movie, in my opinion. The prison break. The prison break is incredible. I love this. It's a a breathtaking sequence. I mean, the park, like, because, you know, in the last movie, we saw the opening with uh, what Shaw went through and beat the fuck out of everybody in the hospital. And Except it, we didn't actually like. See we didn't it. see we it, but we saw the aftermath, and like, it's cool to see that skill that wanted to do in that on display. Yes, like with the with the whole using the human shield. Which come on, I love a human shield in a movie. And um, what else? And then using the like getting the shotgun and all that stuff. Like, and then beating the oh my god, it's so great. Yeah. And then the parkour. <laughs> and then and then uh, just the the incredible uh, feats. From uh, uh, Hobbs, uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, he replicated the scene from the end of the mask where Dorian uh, 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 sucks all the bullets into his chest and then shoots him out of his mouth. I'm pretty sure he just replicated. That. I think he did that do a that. Nice nod to that movie for no reason. I think he also ate a stick of dynamite and, and yelled, "That's a spicy with the ball." <laughs> Oh man! But the part where the part that got me the most in that prison break, besides all the awesome parkour and just yeah, Shaw just put in work, was the guys like it's like finally I get the you know put you in your place, and then he immediately stabs him and goes keep waiting, bitch. <laughs> uh. The levels of invincibility that were uh, displayed in that in that sequence were were absolutely delectable. I loved every minute of it. I'm gonna tell you, there should be a Hobbs and Shaw movie. You know, I think you're onto something there. <laughs> Give us the keys. <laughs> uh, so that all ends up turning out to just be one big uh, prison break uh, for nobody to get Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. Out. Um, and then they're at, at base. They don't know where base is. Um, they gave us coordinates. Um, <laughs> right. Um, you know, get some good team banter here going on. They turn on God's eye. Okay. I need to talk uh, about, uh, Dom's identity profile. Yo, this is where I was going. Okay. Uh, specifically <laughs> his age. He's 40. He's, this is 40. <laughs> Well, the okay, the part that I love the most about his profile 
It says sex male, and male is the only thing that's bold. If you go back and watch the movie, it's the only thing that's in bold letters. Male. Male. Like- <laughs> uh, I do want to submit a motion also to uh, rename this movie uh, Fate of the Furious or This is 40. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he was just having it like, maybe, you know what? The reason Hobbs is, uh, he wasn't freaking out as much as he should because he realized, you know what? This man's having a midlife crisis. I was like, I get it. That's all it is. EMP is, is basically standing for, I mean, like, you know, most, you know, guys in a midlife crisis will get like a convertible or something yeah. like that, but cars, that's, that means nothing to him. Yeah. So yeah, this is his, his, uh, you know, uh, dating a tennis instructor. <laughs> I love that. I just love that part. Also, uh, I know we joked earlier about there being, there should be a Hobbs and Shaw movie. Hobbs's, uh, daughter is with his sister. Now we and we know about his family from Hobbs and mm. Shaw. Is he a strange? Like I guess he's not a strange from everybody. Yeah, I don't know what's up with that. Um, they also recast his daughter in Hobbs and Shaw. Um, so who knows if it's even the same daughter? Yeah, honestly, I think we've we've seen her in three movies and they're all different. Is she different? Was she recast from seven to eight? To- I don't know. I think she's played and, by she's played by Ryan Reynolds in Hobbs and Shaw. I know that much. Uh, <laughs> so while they're at base and they're trying to figure out where where in the world is Dominic Toretto, uh, they realize that oh shit, that's weird. That's funny because that's right here at base. <clears throat> yeah. Cipher and her team and Dom come and attack them to get God's eye. Uh, so here's where like my at least up until this point, I, I can't remember if I have another one later. Uh, my my real big nitpick comes in is it would have been I understand that. Well, actually, no, I have some much bigger nitpicks later on in the movie because they they simply do not show their work. Um, <laughs> but I understand Dom's like under uh, heavy surveillance and uh, uh, you know much pressure from Cipher. But there were several moments. I could count at least on one hand. There were there were that many moments during this scene where they raid the the uh, base that mm-hmm. they're at, where Dom could have easily, while everyone's was turned away, he could have like made a face to like Letty or someone else on the team, where he's just kind of like like mouth. Yeah. Do like a. Like yeah, just do like a little charades action or something there. Like, like gestures that he has a baby, like that. <laughs> I have a baby. Like he, he's like you remember you remember a lot of he makes like a pregnant uh, a pregnant <laughs> belly <laughs> gesture, and then does like a little cradle. She's gonna kill them. Like he does the and then everybody's like what and like they're still re- but they were reeling from a concussion grenade okay. Yeah, I'm just saying an attempt could have been made at yeah. any point because there's other opportunities later as well where they're still like, why is he doing this? And he's and instead of being just like, I have to. Yeah, he could have just been like, yeah, trust me, I'm trying to get out of this as fast as possible. This is or the something. Po- make a face. Just make the apologetic like face. make the little fucking grit teeth emoji, please. <laughs> This is uh, this is the part of the movie which I've written this note multiple times in my notes. Cipher is the Blofeld of uh, the Fast Saga. 
I say that because in the Dana Craig James Bond movies, and Spectre, spoiler alert, they revealed that Ernst Diver Blofeld, played by, spoiler alert, Christoph Waltz. That's the stupidest reveal. We all know he was going to be Blofeld. That's another podcast. We could talk about that. But uh, she hired uh, Owen Shaw to get Nightshade. She hired, um, what's his name? The useless villain from Furious 7. Yeah. Um, oh, God damn it. Uh, played by Jamin Hansu. I forget his name, but like she hired him to get God's eye and then she finally got God's eye. So basically like how Blofeld was the architect of uh, James Bond's pain. Dom is the architect of Cypher's pain because he keeps fucking up her plans. Yes. Jaconde, by the way. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> um, yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a very good and interesting comparison. I'll say that, and that's all I'll say. That's all I need to say. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> so then they... Uh, yeah, she kisses him. The, I'm sorry. What's up? She kisses him. Oh, yeah. Well, she just she's a messy bitch that loves the drama. But she kisses him, and then, like... Dom could have been, like, made, like, a... Uh, uh, like, throw it up face after that you know like (laughs) basically what we're saying is there was ripe and ample opportunity for some good vin diesel physical (laughs) (laughs) and you know what happened it's because dom gave up his stand-up career after they were making fun of his jokes that's the only reason rip write it down that's the reason why he didn't make any gestures or anything because he's like you know what these motherfuckers aren't gonna take me seriously I can't wait to write with you the Dominic Toretto origin story. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's basically gonna be uh, Alan it's Moore's. Gonna be Joker. Yeah, I was gonna say it's gonna be Alan Moore's The Killing Joke. <laughs> uh. But fast. <laughs> oh man. Um, oh yeah, Hobbs has a chain wallet. I have the most random notes. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. Uh. It's just stuff that, like, I'm picking up stuff that's, like, bothering me. Like, why, why does Hobbs... I, don't, I couldn't see Hobbs with a chain wallet. And later in the movie, why he's... not? We- I don't know. Later in the movie, he's wearing a leather vest like he's a motorcycle. And I was like, you know what? That is that is something The Rock would wear. I don't know about Hobbs would wear. That is definitely towards the... That is, the, like, at the end of the movie, he's wearing a leather vest. <laughs> that is absolutely something The Rock did wear when he came back for his, like, last heel run as Hollywood Rock. Yeah. Uh, but also at the same time, like, you know, we rarely get to see casual Hobbs. <laughs> I know. So like, who's to say that he's not just like a leather daddy. <laughs> leather daddy's got to go to work. By the way, <laughs> Samantha, <laughs> I looked it up and Samantha is played by the same actor in Furious 7 and Fate. So they did recast her for yeah. Hobbs and Shaw, a movie they should make. Uh, so then they get to New York. Um, and, and, you know, another staple of these movies that I feel like we've never really, really touched on. But they do in every movie and they do it very well, as particularly in this movie. Maybe, maybe my favorite of the series are the uh, car reveals mm-hmm. whenever they like open up a garage or like, you know, take the tarp off a car or something like that. And this one where they go to, what did they call it? The toy chest? Yes. Um, 
of all these like government repossessed cars and whatnot. Uh, this one was like absolutely the most uh, gorgeous. Uh, it also showcased uh, the the. This, this is, like, the most the cars have ever reflected the personalities of the characters as well. Yeah. Yeah, because um, you got a... Yeah, just a real fun scene. A lot, of, a lot of good time spent within the toy chest. A lot of really good character building spent within the, the toy chest. This is where, like, Hobbs and Shaw actually kind of get an understanding for each other. Um, you know, uh, you get to see Tez just kind of, like, flex on him a little bit. Uh, some really good uh, uh, Roman bits in here with Black Santa Claus and everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's pretty good. The uh, which we skipped over this the reveal about the baby. Yes, sorry about that. Uh, first of all, Dom walks in and Cypher's listening to something on her phone. What do you think she's listening to? I think. Hold it's- on, no. So she's listening to something on her phone through, and I realize this is 2017. But she's listening to them through wired, standard issue Apple earbuds. Yeah, I got those. What's wrong with that? You're not a, 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 a multinational fucking hacker who lives in the sky. <laughs> like, she should at least have a set of fucking Bluetooth headphones or something like that. You know what? Maybe some- when did earbuds? When did the earbuds come out? For Christ's sake, the AirPods, the AirPods, yeah, they came out. Yeah, they came out in 2016. I want to say. So, like, come on, that's that's the smallest nit that I'm gonna pick, but like that definitely like kind of took me out of it. You know what? Unless, you know what? Unless she's doing it to kind of just like endear herself. You know what? Maybe she lost them. Maybe she keep she keeps losing them, and she was like, you know what? I'm not gonna lose these. Then can I at least take exception with how she wraps them up around the phone? I don't, uh, yeah, she's she's fucking horrible. That's no good. I think that's the most villainous thing she did. Was wrap- <laughs> Is not curl them up correctly? Yeah, it was wrap her. What the fuck is wrong with her? What yeah, is this? I'll do it right now. Don't do it. Cypher, if you're watching, it's like this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> are, you, are you taking notes? We're recording this through the computer so she could hack us. She's absolutely hacking us. Look, see? <laughs> Look, they're not going to get tangled. It's perfect. Oh, uh, man. And uh, But yeah, this is when Elena is revealed that Elena's on the plane. And then uh, we see the baby. And I'm going to say this. This is where Timeline Talk's about to come in. I'm going to say it. That baby ain't even a year old. Yeah. And Elena found out she was pregnant around the time, according to her, Dom found out that Letty was still alive. Yeah. So we now go to timeline talk. Well, and I'll say this. So the timeline itself, as we go through it, and I do want to kind of really go through it. Yeah. Uh, it does kind of start to fall apart around all the baby stuff. If you are going to say, like, cut it off at a year old, that does give a year and nine months. It's true. So there's some I did think wiggle that. room. And when I say wiggle room, I mean the wiggles. Because it's a baby and learning is important in fun ways. All right. So according to this timeline, the events of Fast and Furious take place in 2004. According to this timeline, Carter Verone is born in 1968, April 12th. I forgot, about, I forgot we have birth dates. So he's the oldest one. He's the oldest one. Deckard Shaw's born in 1970. Approximately. Conde, 72. Roman Pierce, 70. April 12th. Same day 
as Carter Verone, uh, uh, 73. Toretto is born August 29th, 1976, which I uh, uh, put forth a motion that we celebrate every year from here on out. That's Judgment Day, by the way, from Terminator. That's that day. Really? Yep. That's fun. August, that had to be on purpose, I imagine. August 29th, 1997. That's when Judgment Day was. Nice. How old was Dominic Toretto? He was 21. Wow. Mm. So he's 40 in this movie, and this movie takes place, I'm assuming, 2016? I should say. All right. So 2004, Fast and Furious. Uh, Turbocharged Prelude uh, takes place during 2004. Um, Where's Too Fast, Too Furious? They're not telling us. I guess that's 2004 of that movie takes place. That's weird. 2009 is Los Bandoleros. And 2009 is also when Fast and Furious takes place. Five years. I haven't seen you in five years. So 2004. Um, 2009. All right. 2011 is when Fast Five takes place. And that's when the movie came out, right? Yeah. Um... So 2013 is Furious 6. 2012 is when Jack is born. Interesting. Huh. Um, yeah, 2013 is uh, Fast, or, or excuse me, Furious 6. And then 2014 is when, Tokyo Drift. It's Tokyo Drift, okay. And then Furious 7, same year. Like, same week. Yeah. They're, they overlap. Those two movies overlap. And then three years later, we got Fate of the Furious. So I'm glad I'm glad our some of our questions have been answered. Right, but if you scroll down a little bit further, there's a section called Undetermined Years. Uh, <laughs> Events of Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, pre-events of Fate of the Furious. Uh, Brian Marcos is born. Elena is kidnapped. Question mark. Question mark. Question mark. Yeah. <clears throat> so between. In that three-year period, in that three-year period, this baby was born. So a year and nine months. You know what? This timeline is wrong, and I'm going to say Fade the Furious 2016. And that's believable to me. That span of time, nine months, or, you know, a year and nine months. Let's say the baby's one. So, yeah, that makes sense to me. I'm with it. So, that also would explain why Cypher didn't yet get her hands on AirPods. That hadn't come out yet. <laughs> we actually need to look up when AirPods came out. Let's see. That'll, 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 that's the biggest... Uh, um, biggest, uh, whatchamacallit, plot hole in my opinion. One of the <laughs> AirPods wiki. You can keep going. We can keep going. I'm just going to look this up real quick. They so, came out. All right. Another nit that I do want to pick. They came out. They're in New York. They came out in the, um, at the end of 2016. AirPods did. So. Tracks. All right. So let's edit this wiki for Fast and Furious and say that this movie took place in 2016. All right. Nit pick away. Rip. So while uh, they're in New York, which, by the way, I love Absolutely all the New York stuff. <clears throat> and it was... Uh, normally, I like... 
We'll bump up against like setting movies in New York and LA just as a basic fucking default because it's just uninspired and boring and we've done it. We've done it. We've done it. But for them to wait eight movies to finally go to New York yeah. and to, to have to drive the way they do in New York in a city setting like that. Excellent. Yeah. Very, very good and creative. Um, but while he's in New York, Dom uh, uh, coordinates the meeting with who we learned to be uh, Mama Shaw. Hey, uh, meeting. Mama Shaw, Mama Shaw. Mama say, Mama Samba, Mampusa. Uh, and I just, and, and something they just never actually show or tell us. Because at this point, Cypher has God's eye, and she's, you know, tracking Dom's every single moment, every breath he takes. Uh, she's watching him. <laughs> And oh, can't you see? So, like, does Dom basically have, like, a burner or something like that? And even then, how does he get in contact with Mama Shaw without without being found out? That's a good damn question. Like, how does that meeting even get set up? Oh, my God. You know what it is? Coconut Telegraph. You mean she heard it on the Coconut Telegraph? I think so. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Pretty, like, I... I was charmed by that, like, the first handful of times I watched the movie. Uh-huh. Uh, and then this was the first time I'm just kind of like, but wait, how? I don't know, dude. Maybe he had some kind of low-tech carrier pigeon. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, towards the end of the movie, it does look like he has kind of like a, a secret cell phone that he's able to, to communicate with as well, with the Shaws in particular. Because... Uh, like, he's able to just communicate with them while they're, towards the end of the movie, while they're, like, boarding the big plane and everything. You know what I thought about recently? I, I watched this movie recently. I recently had a uh, an all-day all day martial arts, like, marathon. I had these Sunday marathons I'm doing now. And I watched uh, Jackie Chan in The Foreigner. And in that movie, Jackie Chan was running around with an iPhone, and they couldn't find him because he wrapped it in tinfoil. So maybe that's what Dom did. <sighs> I'll take it for now. I'll take it for now. But also, at the same time, like he had to have gotten in touch with Leo and Santos as well because they were in on that. That well. that was a that was a great reveal. I love. I that. love that. I love that. Anytime we get Leo and Santos, please, yes, thank you, and more. Oh man, give them a Netflix show. Fighting over, yeah, that that is going to be a thirty minute uh, single camera sitcom. Um. All right, we're we're in the thick of this episode right now we're halfway through i'm kidding and (laughs) and this is where i want to start bringing up um my case for the fact that cypher is an extraterrestrial being okay we've hinted at this before on the podcast but we never heard your actual case for it and through rewatching. I've garnered even more evidence. So in 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 uh, chronological order, uh, at one point uh, while they're you know threatening uh, Elena and and uh, the baby, <laughs> she she says rapper the baby, the baby, they are adorable little things. As if, like, babies are a foreign concept to her. She's weird, okay? She's a weird lady. She's she's a weird lady that wears, you know, uh, vintage Metallica shirts from 
uh, fucking Target. Uh, 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 what's that? Store. Target. No. Spencer's. Uh, Hot Topic. No. Uh, Urban Outfitters. There you go. She's an Urban Outfitters type of hacker. Um, and then a little later, not too much later, uh, she refers to like she's given the big villain speech about why she's doing what she's doing and so on and so forth. Why is she doing what she's doing? Can you? Uh, well, she she wants to like get the fucking nuclear codes and and so she can just like basically have all the leaders of the world by the balls. I never uh, I never knew her plan. I guess so I like was basically like uh, stop all the wars or I'm gonna blow everybody up. Some shit like that. She's not a good uh, villain. I'm gonna say that right now. Her motivations that, aren't good. Well, I don't think those are her true motivations. She might have larger scale motivations that she's just not given up yet at this juncture. You know, she's trying to when get. she's given that villain speech. Uh, she says the leaders of this world, oh. not the world. This world, like you've thought of other worlds before, or, you, or like it's such a weird way to frame talking about planet Earth. You know what I'm saying? Rip, I'm gonna interrupt you and I'm gonna say this this has a new wrinkle in the Lazarus Pit theory. I've been on this po- on this podcast. I've talked about the reason Han gets brought back for F9 is because there's a Lazarus Pit. What if the Lazarus Pit? It's part of technology from the film Stargate, also starring Kurt Russell. Stay with me. And that technology crash lands on Earth, and there is it's it's a it's a form of a Lazarus pit. Like you know how legends modify stuff. Like oh, it's a you know it's a city of gold. Well, it turns out it's an actual like a like a it's an, it's an, actually a statue. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like uh, what if this Lazarus pit is actually a device, an alien device? Much like in the film Stargate that can repair bodies. And Kurt Russell is actually playing his character from Stargate. So along similar lines, I like where your head is at, Nick. But what I'm about to throw at you, like, figures out the timeline. It fixes the timeline. Okay. What happened was using alien technology, Cypher brought Elena and Brian, the baby, the baby, (laughs) from... That timeline, just a few years before when Fate of the Furious takes place. Oh, my God. Okay. So, they're actually from the past. Yes. And she brought them to the future. Yes. So, this is a... So, she, yeah. Okay. So, she's got Lazarus Pit slash time travel technology in this crashed spaceship that's in a temple that's guarded by Edwin as a monk. Yeah. And it's fucked up that, like... Edwin's basically working for her now. Wow. But we know that Edwin, he's going to, he's going to see his, his friend Dom. Yeah. And he's immediately well, going to jump sides. The reason that, that he like is going along with it is because she's promising him that she'll take him back to 2004 when the Fast and the Furious took place. And he'll now, now know how to win that race and win Monica. The, the affections of her. Menage. Menage. <laughs> I'm glad we cracked the plot of F9. People. It, it took us this long. You don't have to go see it. the movie now, listener. You could just <laughs> listen to this podcast and we've told the, st- we've told the movie. Uh, 
so I, I recently listened to the the Fury Six episode that we did, and you came in riding real high on that episode, and I kind of like brought you down a little bit. And this is a bit of a flip situation where I came in riding real high on fate, and and the more we talk about it, I'm just kind of like losing my luster on the film. I'm sorry. So like, it's around this point that like. Uh, they go through all the the shenanigans in New York, we, um, which the zombie. Also, or I was gonna say the zombie drive sequence, dude. Hands down, maybe one of my favorite sequences in the entire franchise. It is uh, in GTA Four. You can there's a cheat code in which you could turn off the gravity. That's what this fucking sequence is. Is you turn you turn off the gravity in Grand Theft Auto, and it's all these like it is a river of cars. Yeah. The, the the way it was shot and then, then the the coordination of all the cars and then just when you think it can't get crazier any any more crazy like they just empty a whole <laughs> yeah. parking lot up like 10 stories out onto the New York street what an incredible sequence it's and then so you get good. fucking dom as like deadshot just like coming out as as just this incredible like decked out just mercenary. I'm going to tell you straight off. I tweeted this. I think this is a reference to Jason takes Manhattan because he is, is the sure. eighth film in the series, in the series. He's wearing a fucking hockey mask and he's in New York. It's a reference. Yeah. It's uh <laughs> there's another reference that I'm very uh, pleased with uh, towards the end of the movie, but we'll get there. Um, but yeah. And so like he, he clashes with the family and, and he has a chance. Uh, uh, Letty has the the nuclear football, mm-hmm. as it were, from the Russians, uh, and he doesn't kill her to take it away. And as punishment for that, Cipher and um, Homie from Game of Thrones. Uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. What's, um, what's the name of the movie? Was, Is it Connor Rhodes? Connor Rhodes. Yeah, that's the but, character. Well, that's the character's name. Yeah. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his Norwegian ass real name. <laughs> <clears throat> um, but. Uh, who I loved him uh, in this movie as well, and they he was a motherfucker. Out. Yeah, I, I wish he would have been able to stay around. Who knows? Maybe uh, we go back in time and bring him back. Well, um, I was about to say, like what? Bond movies, you got to kill. But in Bond movies, they usually kill the uh, they usually kill the boss first, and then you got to fight the henchman. Yeah. Um. Anyway, the consequences for all that were. Um, them killing Elena, mm-hmm. which just I think is a shit choice, honestly. Like, I know I complain about like there not being stakes to characters being killed and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but I, uh, man, I really, I just, I really liked the character. Um, I thought there was more they could have uh, uh, done to integrate uh, the character into the movies, but I guess they didn't want to like complicate things yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Like, so. I don't know, man. I just thought it was a real cheap fucking choice. Uh, this is the part of the movie in my notes. It says, family is his strength and his weakness. Okay, well, when you put it that way, that's actually really good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, also, um, when Cypher's uh, describing her relationship with the Shaws, uh, uh, she... She says, I knew him when I was working with Shaw's brother. Do you mean also Shaw? Because you can't refer to one of them as Shaw. You know? 
I'm going to talk to Chris Morgan for a second. Chris. Thanks. What's up, dude? <laughs> Did you write that? <laughs> I love you, man. You wrote, you wrote, you've written some dope movies, but. That was, yeah, just go over that one once more. Put, get some soft eyes on that. What the, what, the, what, uh, a good tip with screenwriting is, uh, if you can't think of anything, just write something, go back to it later. And this seems like an instance in which they didn't go back to it later. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, they were just checking for like red or blue little scribbly lines uh, <laughs> under words and there was just nothing there. Um, now we go to uh, a Brosnan era Bond sequence. Uh, one last thing while okay. uh, uh, the whole New York stuff's going down uh, and Charlize is, or Cypher is just like basically kind of like directing the whole sequence from her uh, plane. Mm-hmm. Um, it just like hit me with like if they ever, if they ever try and fucking remake, uh, uh the Truman Show, I want Charlize Theron casted as the director. No, you don't want them to bring Ed Harris back. I'm saying this is like a few years down the road, man. Uh, and also, you can't do a remake and just cast everyone that was in it before. No, I want Ed Harris. They need to bring him back. Anytime you remake something and Ed Harris is in it. You need to bring uh, bring back Ed Harris. Creep show. Right, fine, you win. They need to bring back Sorry. Ed Harris and all his dancing. Okay. Sorry. All right. So continue. The Russian base sequence. Pretty nice. Yeah. End of episode. Uh, I this is a sequence that always kind of like sticks in my head is similar to the Furious Six uh, airplane sequence in that like. Not my favorite, but definitely this time around, uh, I was really vibing with it. Um, cause it's like, pretty cool. It's, it's a realistic amount of space mm-hmm. between, um, you know, where they start and where they got to go. Yeah. Although like, I don't know what exactly they plan on doing once they get to that big, uh, hatch or the, the gate or whatever. Um, they're going to close it. That was the okay, point. Yeah. They're, they're just going to. Shut the gate and we'll put the little thing down. I'm sure it would have been like, like Hobbs would have been like done a wink. And then all of a sudden somebody go, oh shit, <laughs> it's rock o'clock. And he would have done something insane. Something about Hobbs in this movie. And it's not even Hobbs that does it. It's Mr. Nobody, AKA my man, Kurt Russell. He calls him Luke. I love it. Yeah. I love that. That's a beautiful little character thing where it's like, yeah, he's the only one that can call me Luke. (laughs) Everybody calls him Hobbs. Isn't there a joke that he, no, never mind. That's a, that's a, that's an adventures joke. Uh, they call you Fury. Who do they call your mom? They call my mom Fury. Anyway, like everybody calls him Hobbs except for Kurt Russell who calls him Luke. Love it. Um, yeah, I don't have a lot of notes. Most of these are, uh, Quotes. All of these are quotes from Dwayne Johnson that I've written down. Uh, well, uh, also, I, I feel like, uh, you know, it's a little late in the, the podcast series to start doing this, but um, uh, the most rock o'clock moment uh-huh. of this movie, I believe, was when he uh, 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 he's the one that like fucking directed the damn missile, right? Uh, torpedo. Like, just He moved a torpedo. Yeah. Okay. There you go. That's it. That's the rock o'clock moment. 
Uh, my favorite line from this movie is said by Hobbs, in which he says, he yells at Roman, yo, shrinkage, we got a sub to catch. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I, what I also don't, uh, what I think is is not great for me, uh, sorry, what doesn't usually work for me for this sequence, uh, but did this time was like, I don't know that I'm a fan of like action that takes place in the cold. It just seems like cumbersome to be like doing action sequences in a parka and shit. You know what I mean? I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, of course, I'm obsessed with James Bond. So like right. every James Bond except for Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig had an ice movie, but he didn't ski. Anyway, James Bond, they just have dope skiing sequences. And like, like on Her Majesty's Secret Service has the best one. But it's people chasing people with skis and machine guns is just awesome. Uh, speaking of dope sequences, uh, the Shaw's on the plane sequence. Yes. Is, you get Owen back uh, and you get some real good baby face, literally baby face. Uh, Deckard Shaw action, Jason Statham at his best. Yeah. Uh, just carrying the baby with the chipmunk song on. Uh, which, uh, I did, uh, listener, I want somebody, I'm not going to do it cause I'm too lazy. I need, uh, somebody to edit the song. Feel like I do into those headphones. <laughs> yes. Holy shit. Yes. He's just listening to, like, the baby Brian Marcos is just listening to his dad uh, talk about uh, going out on Tuesday night. But, yeah, that, that entire fucking sequence is, is uh, that's one of my favorite in the, in the series. Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> the bit where Decker says, you and Plains don't have a good history, and then Owen looks at the, uh, the door. That, that was so good. It's also just, like, a great, like brother interaction yeah like, i'm an only child so i don't really know what it's like to have a brother yeah <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast um but yeah that was uh the, just the fun needling yeah between brothers i definitely have witnessed before and that tracks uh so when i watched it watched it with uh with my girlfriend charlie and she sensed uh uh uh, a little bit of this and she kind of shipped and I don't know if this is like a, a byproduct of Dom being out of the out of the picture for most of the film uh, but she kind of shipped uh, Hobbs and Letty really yeah uh, which which I is is a, is just something that never crossed my mind before no because it's just hard to imagine. Letty with anybody else other than Dom. Yeah. But like character-wise, uh actor-wise, I don't think they actually have that much chemistry. No. Character-wise, um I could kind of see. I don't know. I, I mean, didn't Vin Diesel get married recently? And um I think when I saw that, I was like, it's not Michelle Rodriguez. Then <laughs> I can't accept it. <laughs> This is weird. I mean, that would be, uh, yeah, I like actually would like to see that. Maybe, maybe in another movie. Another time, another uh, uh, dimension, maybe another universe. Uh, maybe there's some uh, parallel universe things going on. I mean, alien technology. And all, as it were. <laughs> 
Oh, man. All right. Uh, Tej Tanks, a division of Tej Tech. I wrote that as a note. <laughs> I love that he pre- basically pulled a Grantha Thutto and turned the turret around and shot her behind him and also made himself go faster. There you go. There's some GTA 3 rules. Yeah. I'm struggling to look at my notes because I am almost done. Yeah. Well, <laughs> why did they let Roman go on this mission in the fucking purple Lambo? That is the stupidest. Yeah. Like at least, at least throw some chains on those tires, man. Come on. Yeah. Like that was, I don't know. They, they wanted to make him happy because he really wanted to drive that car. I really liked uh, Dom's car, the whole, uh, which I don't understand that car was, did that car not have a battery for the EMP pulse to uh, turn off? They wrapped it in tinfoil. Oh, just like the cell phone. Yeah. Okay. Duh. I'm an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that was pretty, uh, like going through and like knocking down the beam. That was dope. Trying to think what other cool things. Well, and there's all your, your, I mean... Look, man, from from someone who, who, you know, wouldn't just you just kept going on and on about the EMP guns and, and Too Fast, Too Furious, man. I'm su- I'm surprised you're not like a like a pig in shit right now. I wrote all the EMP action that we got. Yeah, I wrote EMP uh, bomb in big, bold letters. <laughs> and because uh, like you got the EMP gun, then you got the. uh the hacker gun or whatever from Furious Six, and now you got an EM. You got concussion grenades and an EMP bomb that goes off twice, and that's it. And it, 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 he can only use it twice, isn't that right? No, he, he just had. Uh, you just got to wait for it to charge. But like, uh, I think he. Only- so he he, char- he he hits it the first time, and they said, "Yeah, uh, you've only got one more hit with it." I think that's what they said. Oh, I didn't. I didn't clock that. And then he used that. Used it for the submarine. Yeah, yeah. That whole, yeah, that whole sub thing was kind of. I don't know. Cipher's. I don't know. Unmotivated villain, in my opinion. Like you know, like I don't know. The plot with the villain was. I don't know. Yeah, it 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 seemed a little um, as if like. You know, an alien comes to Earth and watches a few uh, spy movies and action movies and just kind of takes the ideas from those. All right. All right. Well, you've heard it here first, everybody. Cypher, alien. Like, everyone's convinced, and they've more or less confirmed it, that they are going to space. I'm the only one out here providing you the mode and means and motivation for why they're going to be in space. All right. Sit down. I... You hold me, hold me back. <laughs> um, uh, one more thing before we end this. Uh, I don't know why I wrote this down, but I wrote fight fire with family. Oh, that's because the fireball was coming and his family came and protected him. Yep. Which, you know, that probably doesn't check out, but yeah, uh, it was a nice, it was definitely a nice moment. Barbecue at the end. Oh, no. Before uh, that, I'm sorry. I got to talk about this digital okay. breath. When they're breathing in the cold, the digital breath bothered the shit out of me. Digital breath always fucking bothers me. Even though they shot this movie in Iceland, they couldn't they couldn't uh, shoot that scene in Iceland. Had to do that in a studio. Yeah, they probably did have to do it in a studio. Whatever. All right, rooftop cookout. Rooftop cookout, baby. Uh, Continuing the great uh, tradition of having uh, the people that are trying to kill you 
two movies prior, <laughs> uh, or the movie prior, yeah. uh, you know, delivering your baby and, uh, you know, hanging out for a beer. You know what's funny about this movie? The first time I watched it, I didn't think it was believable that Shaw was helping them. And then I realized during this movie, I just wasn't paying attention last time. And like, I was like, he has great motivation. Shaw does for helping them out because Cypher's yeah. the reason that his brother, you know, was in the hospital and got all fucked, yeah. you know, fucked up and whatever. And so he, it was a, it was a revenge movie for Shaw. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which like all that shit totally tracks, especially like. You probably have Hobbs, uh, like, you know, off screen, you know, kind of just like vouching for him as well. It's like, yeah, I looked into him. He's actually, you got kind of screwed over this and that, this and that. Yeah, because there's that, there's that part of which they had the conversation in the garage about, you know, all the stuff that they did. Like, he won like the highest, you know, he won like the Medal of Honor equivalent for the British Army or whatever. Yeah, he was like the only one to get this award or something yeah. like that. Um, So while they're on the rooftop in New York uh, having the barbecue, uh, Roman and Tej, uh, as they are wont to do in their downtime, are hitting on Ramsey. Oh boy! Um, uh, to which she like challenges them to just say, "Hey, you know my last name?" Uh, that was that was funny. Which was fun. Um, and then at one point, I think it's uh, Tej. Uh, yeah, it's Tej. It's like, well, it doesn't matter what it is. It's gonna be Parker. Uh, to which he says, hey, Miss Parker, which is a reference to Friday directed by F. Gary Gray. Listen, everybody, li- watch more F. Gary Gray films. He is underrated. He is a great director. Watch his films. It's uh, my second favorite uh, reference to that line. My first favorite is uh, Trick Daddy's episode of Hot Ones, where he's talking about eating ass. And he's like, well, if you're going to be down there. Anyway, just give her a little, hey, Miss Parker. Oh, Trick Daddy. That's the only, I think that's, that, that, didn't I tell you Trick Daddy's on Hot Ones this week? And you were like, this is the most important text anybody's ever sent me. Uh, Yeah, that's, I'm pretty sure that's exactly how that went. I think, I, I think when Trick Daddy was on Hot Ones, I, I, I texted everybody, I texted my mom. I was like, Trick Daddy's on Hot Ones this week. <laughs> you out here hitting up the family group chat, y'all. Trick Daddy's on Hot Ones. And by the way, that still stands as the most important text I've ever received. (laughs) I don't think before that you and I ever talked about Trick Daddy, but I knew that you would appreciate it. That's how that's you know that's how deep this runs, man. (laughs) We 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 get each other, we know each other. Oh man. Um God. Like Look, man, when Joe Bob Briggs is on Hot Ones, I'm going to text you. I'm going to know. I'm going to automatically know. Oh, man. I don't feel like he would ever go on there. Anyway, that would be a great episode, though. Um, Back to the – speaking of Joe Bob Briggs, back to the movie. Um, What else happened at the cookout? I mean, I'm more or less done to bring the the kid. Oh, uh, naming Brian Brian. As yes. soon as she said, I'm waiting for my fa- like waiting for the father to name him or whatever, I was like, I looked at nobody in the room. I looked at the camera, Jim, Jim Halpern style, and said, he's going to name him Brian. Yeah. I think as soon as they introduced uh, that Dom had a son, 
Uh, we all knew yeah. what the name of that kid was going to be. Yeah. Which I don't know. Yeah. Brian. Which I, it kind of took me out of it because I was like, I was like, that's a cool tribute, but Brian's not dead in this, in this, in the, in the movie universe. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. It's still a good tribute. Yeah. That's, that was a nice, that was, that was for us. Yeah. You know? And I like, and, and Vin Diesel's delivery of it was great because like he, you know, he was thinking about Paul Walker. Yeah. Like when he said it. Yeah. That was a good, uh, for Paul. Oh man. <sighs> so good. I'm trying to think what else happened in that sequence. Kurt Russell just not wearing his, t- not taking off his sunglasses. That cracked me up. Why was it Owen at the barbecue at the cookout? He's probably still a little salty. Probably. Mainly because they forgot about him, even though it took place a year a year prior. You remember Owen Shaw? Uh, yeah, vaguely. Anyway. Owen, Owen. Um, I'm a Shaw, 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 Shaw. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, I know Owen Shaw. Yeah. Well, his big brother. I'm gonna say it. Shaw, uh, Deckard Shaw was the MVP of this okay. movie. Yes. Yeah. Um, and 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 not just uh, performance by Jason Statham, but um, like st- uh, his his story uh, throughout the movie as well. Yeah. Like with the faking of the death and all that. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Real good shit. Yeah. Um. Well. Man, honestly, it, for me, it's it's between it's between Shaw and Cipher because Cipher, like, as cliche as her her plans were, um, still uh, incredible performance. I mean, it's Charlie's Theron. You're gonna get a great performance yeah. regardless. I'm just mad she wasn't driving a big ass eighteen wheeler in this movie. <laughs> oh, give it time. They shoved her into playing the old fucking thing. Um. All right, was this movie fast or furious? Uh, this movie, this was, this is close, but I'm going to say this is a furious movie. I agree. Yeah. Um, it started fast, uh, with, with, with an actual full fledged race and everything, but yeah, between, uh, uh, the, the position that Dom was put in and Jason Statham's revenge story, um, and everything in between. Yeah. The, the, this was a furious movie and, and. And one of the characters having played Furiosa, Fate of the Furiosa. Let's make that movie. Come on now. Well, they are. It's a prequel and it's not starring Charlie Theron. Yeah, I heard. Um, let's see. 10 second car or 10 minute car? Uh, as, as I was just saying, I was kind of like a little more down on it. Like the fact that they came back with another movie after after Paul Walker passed and they were able to tie in uh, enough other things uh, such as how the Shaws and Cypher were interconnected and and just and 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 pump up the cast even more mm-hmm. uh, I'm and 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 it all worked except for the few things that I nitpicked about but aluminum foil fixed most of it. <laughs> Like I, I, this is this is easily in my estimation a ten second car. All right, I might have to agree. I'm no, 
12. I'm t- it's a 12 second car. Okay, okay. okay. Nope, 13 for Friday the 13th. Part 8, Jason takes Manhattan. Toretto takes Manhattan. Um. Alright, do you want to rank it? Yeah. Redo Let's the rank. rank. It. I redid my rank yesterday after watching this movie. Uh it my rankings are probably gonna be different as well. But I'm 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 going off just the vibe here and the feeling. Like I haven't written anything down. Okay, feel like I do. You look like much you look like Vin Diesel in the studio. Like you're getting into it. Feel like I do. <laughs> All right, you want me to go first? Yes, go first. Uh, last to first, David Letterman style. Here we go. Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Surprising. <laughs> uh, Tokyo Adrift, as we've been calling. It. Yeah. Um. I'm gonna flip it, man. No, I can't. I can't do Miami like that. The Fast and the Furious. Too Fast, Too Furious, Furious 6, Fast 5, Furious 7, no, sorry, Fate of the Furious, then Furious 7 at number 1. You forgot Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious, fuck me, you're right. So, uh, Tokyo Drift, The Fast and Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious, um... Furious, Furious 6, Fast 5, Fast and Furious, Furious 7, sorry, fuck it, it did it again, Fate of the Furious, then Furious 7. Wow, okay. I really, 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 really like Fate of the Furious. Yes, I'm not backing off on that. The the highs are the highest in the franchise. Yeah. When I first watched this movie, I was trying to replicate the feeling that I had when I first watched Furious 7. The first time I watched this movie, not the most recent time, which I tried to do it again. What I like to do, since we can't go to the movie theaters now, I get a thing of popcorn and then a, a box of peanut M&M's and a drink of Coca-Cola. I don't mix them together. Okay, okay. What I do is I, I'll take a few from the box, throw them in my mouth, and then chew them, and then it's a process. Anyway. We all have our process. Anyway, when I watch Furious 7 while doing that, I got a high. It was the best high I've ever had. And then okay. it was pretty good. And then, you know what? Fate of the Furious, when I watched it, it, I did the exact same thing. That high kicked in during the whole zombie drive sequence. I was like, hell yeah, this is great. Anyway, I didn't like this movie as much the, this time as I liked it last time. So, here's my ranking Letterman style. Number eight. As you guessed it, Tokyo Drift. <laughs> Number seven, The Fast and the Furious. Number six, Too Fast, Too Furious. Number five, Fast and Furious. Number four, The Fate of the Furious. Number three, Furious Six. Number two, Fast Five. Number one, with a bullet, Furious Seven. Damn right. See, I went back and I've been thinking about Furious Six. Realize Fast Five is better. Just like how I originally thought when I first watched the movies before. Yeah. And I'll, you know. 
honestly, man, this really does speak to the franchise as a whole in that you can really like feel new feelings every time you watch it. Yeah. You know, whether they be for the for the better or worse, like, you know, I don't know that that many other franchises really have that kind of effect. Like you can go through the MCU and pretty much feel the same about every movie every time you watch them. Yeah. You know, like you know, it's cute what they're they're trying to do uh, with making Thor: The Dark World uh, important, uh, which I'm all for. I like that movie, and I know I'm in the minority. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, aside from that, like, yeah, you're never really going to glean anything new from from a rewatch or anything like that. Um, whereas, like, yeah, these the the fast movies just like grow with you. You like the lens you view them through. As as you age and as you gain experience as a human, uh, and not as an alien like Cipher, uh, it like it, it matters and it all fucking matters, man. God, I love them. I fucking love these movies so goddamn much. You know it's you know it's. I mean, I'm looking at my because I have my list on Letterboxd, and I'm looking at it, and this is probably the only franchise in which the back half is ranked higher than the front half. Yeah. Like, that never happens. It's inverted, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Which leads me to believe that, like, if they keep going like this and the movies don't lose steam, like, Eleven's not going to be the last one. And if it is, it'll be the last one for, like, five or six years. We need... And then they'll be back. We need 12 movies. That's what I... Sure. Wait. With Hobbs and Shaw, we will get 12. Well, I'm not counting the spinoffs in, like, the count. You know what I mean? Like, we are going to do Hobbs and Shaw for the podcast, but... As far as like when it comes to the count, I'm only going main storyline. Okay. Um, and yeah, I I honestly believe it's going to be they're just going to keep going. Yeah. You know, sometimes as it proved in between Drift and and Fast and Furious, like sometimes you just need to like literally pump the brakes for for sometimes. It makes me think of uh, a quote from uh, Last Action Hero that says. Uh, Jack Slater won't die until the grosses go down. Fucking true words, baby. True <laughs> words. Oh, man. Should that be the quote we leave it on? <laughs> no, I got one. Okay. Well, first of all, um, listen to our Patreon. We're on patreon.com slash arcade audio, and there's a yearly subscription plan. Isn't that right? That is true. Yeah. If you sign up uh, for the yearly subscription, uh, you'll save 10% what you would normally uh, be donating uh, if you are donating month to month for 12 months. Uh, so check that out. You save a little bit of money and you support uh, Arcade Audio and all the great shows on the network. And you get access uh, to the Discord uh, and to all the bonus episodes. And depending on how much you sign up for, you get uh, free merch uh, once a year. That's exclusive uh to uh patreon and uh yeah and and yeah save 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 yourself a little skrilla as it were i don't say the word skrilla save some cheddar but yeah we've been doing spy racers the netflix show which there's more episodes out but we have a third season can we go ahead and just talk about what the third season of this podcast is going to be first season's halloween second season's fast saga third season do we want to announce it let it rip, baby. We're doing Ghostbusters. And I'm very stoked about that. Because we're going to be watching the real Ghostbusters for the Patreon. 
So if you like real Ghostbusters, uh, RGB, as it's abbreviated, go subscribe to it. And also listen Boy. to Spy Racers. I know we have a, a, a list of the uh, real Ghostbusters episodes that we want to cover. We're not going to obviously cover the whole series because that's a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, and I'm like almost more excited about that series than talking about the movie. I haven't watched, I haven't watched the show since I was a kid. Some of them really hold up. Some of them are just Saturday morning fodder, but I feel like we're going to pick some real, really good ones. Uh, can we also dedicate a whole episode to uh, the toy line of the real Ghostbusters, please. Um, do we want to put that in the main feed? Maybe we put it in the main feed because they. If pu- you are a patron on the Arcade Audio Patreon, there already is a video of me being forced to watch because I lost. I was I was made to from the old Podswoggle Powers, our wrestling podcast. Watch this shithead wrestler, Matt Cardona. Uh, he had a bunch of he had. The entire full line of real Ghostbusters toys, mint on card. Oh no! And he he spent a whole fucking video letting them breathe, as he says. Fuck off! Opening them all up, and it's definitely the most angry I've been in at least two years. Wow! Yeah, because we can- and there's a video of me just watching that happen. I need to see that. There's uh there's definitely room to breathe when it comes to Ghostbusters episode because just like Furious uh or Fast Nine or F nine, they also push back Ghostbusters to after when that comes out, because that comes out June eleventh now. Whereas F nine is coming out Memorial Day weekend. I don't know. I feel like we're eventually gonna we're gonna we're watching these at home. I feel like they're they're gonna give up. Just put them out. I I don't know, man. It feels like that's around the time that it's going to be good to... It's going to be okay to, to go to movies and theaters. It just... It, I don't know, man. I'm basing this off of nothing aside from, like, there was some decent vaccine news that came out, yeah. like, you know, recently. Uh, some other... Some other ago from when this releases. Um, and I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just being optimistic about like that still being several months away. Yeah. Well, hopefully, um, hopefully it does happen. Anyway, um, I'm Nick Lathan on all the social media. I mentioned Letterboxd earlier. I'm on there just talking about movies. And Rip is uh, on his phone. Uh, I, yeah. And on your phone, I am at. Rich Cami, C-A-M-I, uh, wherever you follow folk. Uh, and every day on my Instagram, I do the Whack Pack, where Rip rips open another pack of trading cards every single day. We raise money for great causes, and every $100 that we raise, I chew the old gum that's in the packs. Shit's gross, but y'all seem to love it. So I keep doing it. You um, gross sons of bitches. Yeah, that's all I got. Okay. Um, yeah, fo- and follow the podcast on Instagram at quarter of a mile. Pod, isn't that right? I think so. Is that true? Let me check. Quarter mile at a time pod, maybe. Quarter quarter mile at a time pod. Yeah, see, I don't even know, man. I follow it. I run it, and I didn't even know that. I mean, you're not looking at the the name of it every single day. No, so I'm not. Again, I can barely keep up my own name. All right, so come back. 
uh, next week on Patreon, we're talking about um, Spy Racers episode eight, I want to say. But in two weeks on the main feed, we're talking Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. And then that's going to be it for a while. Wow. We're, we're already almost over. Yeah. It's been a it's been a it's been a wild ride. A furious ride. Alright, I'm done talking. What's the quote, Rip? <laughs> you just took your foot off the tiger's neck. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.